Hello, everyone. Today, Favorite Worst Podcast is leaving its hiatus and entering the new year with a discussion of Arctic Monkey's sophomore album, the one that graciously lends our podcast its name. It's Favorite Worst Nightmare. Are we all excited? Very. Extremely. That's so <laughs> lovely. I'm so glad to hear it. So maybe just quickly, how is how are you doing? How was your winter break? Everything good? Everything good. Winter break was lovely. Yep, agreed. It was busy but lovely. Yeah. Um everyone expects you to come back replenished. Didn't mm-hmm. quite feel that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. A little bit drained, but in a good way, like festive drained. Did you have a good start into twenty twenty four? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as that good as they hesitant. can get. New Year's Eve was good, but then afterwards everything is <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. everything just downhill. Back to normal. It's just oh. gone quick. That's all. Okay, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I mean, true. this is us saying Happy New Year. It's the 29th of January already. Yeah, the first month is already over. Uh-huh. My my New Year's Eve was actually really bad. Um, was it in Mexico? Yeah, it was in Mexico. Oh. Um, and the bar that I was at didn't have a countdown. Oh, oh no, no way! It was stupid. <laughs> it was really stupid. If I hadn't looked at my phone and gone like, "Oh, it's a minute to midnight," we we would have all missed the big moment. I mean, you could just redo it. It's what you make. Yeah, of it. yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think it turned around quite quickly after that. So, what was the time difference fine. with? the new year's eve midnight oh. there versus your, like most of your friends um i think it was like four in the afternoon for me when everyone here was oh, okay. um uh, was so already behind. entering into the new year which mm. is really nice i got to congratulate everyone and you know <laughs> and say good night to people who were <laughs> going mm. straight to bed right after right after midnight <laughs> but yeah 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 no i rewatched saltburn during like <laughs> new, like i watched oh, half true. of it before midnight and the other half did after you time midnight, what no, was happening no, no, at midnight? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did no. you watch the bathtub scene yeah, that was right in, as no, the clock struck? That was still in 2023. I have wow. not seen the bathtub scene in this year yet. So, yeah. <laughs> Gotta make stay, up for that. Fine. Yeah, that's it's. A, I, I didn't think I would ever rewatch it, but here I was. I liked that movie. I thought the the music was pretty solid it's mm. pretty decent yeah. that's actually what inspired it because we were playing a game hitster i don't know if you know you just have to like guess songs and put them in chronological order and then murder on the dance floor came out i was like oh. Oh, have you seen this film and they're like no shall oh, we watch it sophia lisbexer is coming to utrecht is she? yes she is yeah. i saw that yeah Third of when is february she? Oh. it might be march i would have been keen and i really support her and i'm glad that like this this film has brought her song back into the spotlight but i do argue that it was pop culturally very relevant pre saltburn mm-hmm. but i do think that saltburn has kind of initiated a hike yeah. in her ticket prices it's now 30 euros which is not bad for a concert mm-hmm. in general not sure how like much saltburn have has you seen the title that. on youtube where it's like murder on the dance floor sophie ellis Bexton and between brackets from the movie oh. saltburn and it's just oh, i, I mean it's, it was uploaded 10 years ago or something yeah like yeah. it's not it's not a republication mm. or anything it's just they changed no. the title like for the algorithm or uh-huh. something so that people find it when they yeah. google like i don't know saltburn saltburn music song. yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> now, um, even though we're, we're starting the podcast back up after a longer break, today we are entering the land of dreams once again. Oh. So my very first question is, do you guys dream often and do you remember what you were dreaming about? 
Not generally. Sometimes I remember, but it's not. I'm not a very active dreamer in the sense that I will just wake up and be like, "Oh yeah, I dreamed about this and this and this." But whenever I do, I always forget in like half an hour. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Like, I'm not a nightmare person. I think I have quite unhinged dreams sometimes, but not, not anything ridiculously repetitive or anything like that. Mm. I link back to something that I said on the podcast before about my sleep habit of listening to music throughout the mm-hmm. night. It does mean that if I do suddenly wake up in the night, as I've said before, I have no control over what's currently playing. If I am a little bit spooked and then there's just like the most random song from the depths of my Spotify playlist just <laughs> blasting in the background, <laughs> like that can sometimes catch me off guard and makes it feel like a nightmare. But no. Not I used a big to have dreamer. these reoccur- uh, one reoccurring nightmare just once a year. I would get that, and I would not be able to like get out of it, like wake oh. up from it. Something in a dark forest, and there was an owl, and that's all I remember. Oh, I haven't really had it in, in a few years, but when I was younger, it would just oh. come like once a year or something. It okay. was the exact same thing. I have extremely vivid dreams Ooh. all of the time, oh. and I remember a lot of them after I wake up as well. Do you write them down? Um, no, they just stick with me, and I really often have it that I kind of I can feel my brain kind of digesting information from the day before or something like that. <laughs> it it mm-hmm. often happens to me that I watch a movie or I have a conversation that kind of sticks with me, and then it'll appear in some oh, fashion in fun. my dreams yeah but reoccurring nightmares i don't think i don't think i wait actually yes i do <gasps> um i used to dream um quite often that i would get really bad tattoos <laughs> <laughs> done and then i would wake up and and like look down on my body and be like oh fuck i have a horrible tattoo on my stomach or on my arm and then just check for them and th- there was nothing obviously Whoa. but that stopped a while ago so i'm not having those dreams anymore something has changed about the way that i view kind of permanency and mm permanent changes to my body mm-hmm. I, I don't know I've since dyed my hair several times and <laughs> cut it short and like I don't know I feel like maybe like three four years ago Mara was really was really afraid of like um consistent or like permanent changes yeah like that so do you find it's often linked to stress if you do you get these repeated kind of stressful dreams I was a stressful child oh really no but do I mean I had this reoccurring dream that? so in yeah true. maybe I was I used to sleepwalk a lot which oh. is definitely linked to stress and oh. it's also so creepy and I feel bad for anyone that encounters sleepwalkers because as everyone knows you're not supposed to wake mm-hmm. them up but you don't really know what you are supposed to do because mm-hmm. you can't yeah and I would have to lock my door because otherwise be going off and you just walk off <laughs> yeah. really well most of the time I only got to my door and then the yeah. kind of dream like process of opening a door or walk trying to walk through it would wake me up but it's yeah okay. covid probably was also the last time that happened. but that was because there was nothing to do you know so sometimes when you have a fever or something a really high fever you'll like mm-hmm. wake up in your sleep or like say stuff to people and I've had that I've experienced that with my brother where he was when he was small and he had a fever and he would wake up and talk and I was like this is so freaky yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like he's sitting up but his eyes are glazed mm-hmm. over and he's saying yeah. something to me and I'm like mm. and you really can't <laughs> control it at all but then yeah. you also can't take away from the fact that it's your unconscious speaking so it feels almost like more real than anything and also linked to the fever temperature wise I've had uh I won't go into detail but in the past <laughs> when it was super hot and I wasn't sleeping with anything on 
and that is something that is just like a self-control thing because i don't want to get really hot when i sleep but if you then also sleepwalk <laughs> you can't control where you're walking around naked so yeah. <laughs> that was quite annoying for a while that definitely was like a locked door situation yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> Maybe also connected to this theme of the subconsciousness. When I listen to this album, I have extreme nostalgia. Like this mm-hmm. is probably mm-hmm. like for me, the album with songs that really just take me back to a specific time and place. And I think more so even than later albums, mm-hmm. except for maybe AM. But this one, this one is so I think whenever I just hear the opening of Fluorescent Adolescent, I'm transported back in time to my Uh high school days. And I remember the people that were around me at that time. Specifically, I would like to give a quick shout out, sorry, (laughs) to Jill. I don't know if she listens to this podcast, but Jill and Margot from my high school were really obsessed with Alex Turner. And I hope, you know, I hope they're listening to this podcast and um, enjoying it, maybe. But yeah, when did you first listen to this album? Do you remember? I don't have a specific memory of the album as a whole I think around when I was maybe between 13 and 15 but that wasn't a a point in my life where I was good at listening to an album from opening track to closing track you know so I have specific nostalgia memories attached to certain singles like 505 closing Glastonbury 2013 was a video that's like etched in my brain for sure (laughs) I think I also referenced it before in this podcast so it's Mm -hmm. yeah for this episode that's like the big nostalgic connection 505 Glastonbury 2013 yeah yeah no for me fluorescent adolescent as well I think that is like my first conscious sort of memory of, mm. of Arctic Monkeys. As I said, Overall. my dad was a big listener and this wow. was the song that was played most. So every time I hear it, I was like, oh, oh that's, that's so that's, nice. Oh, that's Arctic Monkeys. Yeah. Oh. Um, not really the album. I don't have a specific, I think the full album is a more recent experience. I don't remember. It's probably yeah. 2020, mm-hmm. 2019, somewhere where I listened to that for the first time in full. So yeah, definitely for the rest of the lesson. That's yeah. the song for me. Very nostalgic, as you said yeah. as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, I guess that's true. I also only discovered the album in full last year. Mm-hmm. I was listening to it a lot last summer. And so I have that memory kind of really attached to it. But these particular singles are super nostalgic. Maybe, so another question I had maybe is now that you're fully listening to the entire album, what are your high and low points of the album? So I texted Lottie about this, but apparently this is a controversial take maybe. (laughs) Uh, I think side A, definitely better than side B. I I think the second one sort of lose a bit of interest a bit. I mean it's still good like don't get me wrong there is they're really great songs but I think after what is it do me a favor that's the first yeah. one mm-hmm. be. that's really good love that mm-hmm. and then after that up until sort of I don't know old yellow pricks but then we also talked about this that you said Lottie, yeah that old uh, all the other bricks you could sort of switch that around with D is for dangerous and then you have a perfect A side but then also 505 yeah. is <laughs> I yeah, feel like I on the A side D is for dangerous is sort of the weaker one I'd say yeah other than that it's, an, it's the album title drop mm-hmm. right so and our theme song our theme <laughs> yeah. song our jingle yeah, so I feel a bit disloyal, but uh-huh. I think no, but in general, I was but that's because I got dragged into the A versus B side conversation where sorry, I was just looking sorry. at it no. as a whole. No, non-skip. but I mean. Oh. I was like, I don't really have one song in, sp- in particular that I think, oh, no. Really? That's a no for me. Okay. Highlight? Well, I'm still talking. <laughs> uh, Teddy Picker. Nice. What about you guys? Um, With my high point, which 
I made a note of just like specific phrases that really scratch the itch, which is the way that he says curiosity in Do Me A Favour. Like oh, just yeah. the way that he says it is really... And every time I hear it now, I can't not kind of like sing it in that tune. Mm-hmm. And then also the way that he says slag in fluorescent adolescent. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific True. highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- Those are... The- <laughs> It's super high points for me. Um, And I think on off the back of that, I was thinking lyrics wise and the low point is mishearing lyrics in it. I seem to mishear or maybe it was just the time that I first listened to it. I seem to have like have an ingrained mishearing of certain lyrics on this album that I I now sing it that way, even though I know it's not right. And one, this is what I was trying to remember earlier, which I couldn't actually get to. But I guarantee when I sing the song, it will come back and be like, that's what I say. (laughs) That's what I always do wrong. Um, But one of them is in Brainstorm, someone to kiss someone to kick you i always sing a someone to kiss someone to kick you and it's like it's obviously not completely wrong kind of meaning wise but also sound wise but it does kind of change what he's trying to say mm-hmm. in that line but i always think like yeah that. and i just know that i'm i'm doing it wrong i'm not doing it justice so but that's happened yeah. to me with that exact mm-hmm. same line as well right he's really not enunciating <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where do you think this album ranks overall in your Arctic Monkeys um, Mm, lineup? Bottom half. I'm not saying this to be like, oh, I love them so, but I I do think that all their albums are really great. But it's just that I love others more than this one. Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, I don't have a definite ranking in my head right now, but I think it would rank somewhere midway or below that. Would Um, you rank the A side significantly higher or would you just rank it higher than the B side? Or does the A side actually come higher in like the ranking of all the albums as well? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, that would be a very elaborate list as well Uh if we did every A and B side. It's pretty high for me. I don't yeah. actually know my definitive ranking, but we'll do that at the very end. Yeah, I think, when we've gone through all of the that albums, that's fine actually because maybe one. your opinions will change. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. When discussing yeah. them. So. exactly, and you'll be able to contrast them a bit better in a way. But for me, it's similar. I think the B side, specifically, "This House Is a Circus." If you were there, be- beware the bad thing. Yeah, those songs, I'll listen to them and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, this, exactly. this rocks." But then, as soon as I just see the title, I'm like, "What does this sound like again?" Exactly. I forget what I know these exactly songs. What you mean. And and okay. also, This House is a Circus has my uh, Cuddles in the Kitchen line of the album, oh, which is just it? when he says berserk as fuck. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> always like, mm, okay. You literally just reminded me as well, that's the other one that I miss <sighs> here. Because in my head, it's Circus Berserkus. Fuck. So, <laughs> like, that's how that's I so sing stupid. it every time. No, I really don't like that line. But then my, my high points, I feel like after you've kind of gone through the, the slug of that three song mm-hmm. run, getting to 505 is just... Mm-hmm. It's such a treat at the It's end. so nice. Yeah. It's just so lovely. I genuinely love it when the most, the, like, some of the best songs are also the most popular ones. Because mm-hmm. I yeah, think 505 yeah, yeah, yeah. is consistently kind of one of the most listened to songs. Yeah. yeah by them and it's it, it's so deserved it builds so well yeah yeah it's only two chords exactly but just every verse or chorus this is one they i mean maybe a vocal yeah maybe an instrument something is added so it sounds new and fresh but it's just the same two chords over it's so boring to play when you're just mm-hmm. playing guitar or piano you're not very good yeah like me. uh it's just <laughs> being like see e minor see hey <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that speaks to its most popular asset which is 
like the part where it builds to I'm not gonna sing but I crumble completely <laughs> when you cry <laughs> exactly speaking of that I think Alex's vocal performance on this album is really good I think oh, I'm glad you said that because I compared him to your favourite earlier I said he, he goes a bit Damon Auburn in <laughs> yeah. the I saw that in some reviews because I was reading some reviews of the album at the time and they were comparing him to Damon Auburn really? at oh. one point yeah oh cool yeah. I made some noise no so for example balaclava in the is it the last chorus wait a theory yeah. about balaclava yeah oh mm-hmm. yeah but in the last chorus before the outro the word is like that's right he will mm-hmm. let her out his uh, he repeats that three times and then he just sort of screams at the top of his lungs be like well you'll be able oh, to pass yeah. of the day of the most fantasized mm-hmm. of all time and that's love amazing yeah like i made a comment alex full caps with hearts <laughs> <laughs> but now for the theory um What's the theory? that the balaclava is a metaphor for a condom oh okay <laughs> oh. they're really in again balaclavas right I, I see a lot of people wearing like sort of balaclava oh, okay. yeah, like, condoms also very yeah. good I endorse that but, never um, out of fashion <laughs> but balaclavas I think yeah. are really you know you see a lot of people rocking some mm-hmm. like weird little crochet balaclavas I look, yes. I yeah. look like a matryoshka like <laughs> Russian doll with them so I'm not gonna <laughs> indulge in that unfortunately yeah I I also think balaclava has um some lyrics that are really amazing yeah um I I really like balaclava yeah I I saw some I saw some people saying that they don't like it or that they think it's like a weaker point because apparently a lot of people think the first I don't know I think the first three or four songs off the album are the weaker points oh really I really disagree with Mm -hmm. that I think they're really like balaclava is one that you sort of when you're just reading over the track you're like I don't know but then you listen to it, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. The lines that I really liked were, will the ending reek of salty cheeks and runny makeup alone, mm. or will blood run down the face of a boy bewildered and scorned, and you'll find yourself in a skirmish where you wish you'd never been born? Our language again, skirmish. Yeah. Skirmish. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Shout out to you, Alex. And the blending continues in this album as well, because he gets like rascal in there, and slag, as mentioned mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Herbert, dirty little yeah, Herbert. What? is a dirty little herbert well you know i was really surprised to see that it was capitalized in the lyrics because i think like a herbert herbert is a name like you can be called herbert Mm -hmm. but isn't it a metaphor or is like a a name for something yeah yeah you you recall like someone who's a a dirty little herbert is like a pervert i think i think so too is it just a rhyme like a cheeky it's kind of like rascal again to be honest oh okay Okay. But, but I didn't know that it was like referencing a name in that. Is but there just one guy called Herbert yeah. out there who's <laughs> yeah. like, oh fuck, not this? Exactly. <laughs> but it's like peeping Tom as well. Ah, yeah. Okay. Like, who's Tom? Yeah. Why is he peeping? Another question that I had is after reading the reviews, um, there was a lot of focus on emotional depth in the album or mm-hmm. sort of new emotional depths. Of course, we're looking at this with all of the most recent Arctic Monkeys albums in mind. But do you feel that there is more emotional depth to this album? Or do you think, I don't know, it's pretty similar to the the debut? I think yes, because I think this album comes at a really um, significant crossroads for them in terms of fame Mm -hmm. and recognition and trust and opening with Brian Storm, which is all about, I think a bad encounter with an industry individual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um t-shirt and tie combination i think that 
because of those questions around tr- trust and being people being disingenuous and having faith that their music is going to be taken in the right direction and they're not mm-hmm. losing their sound even like we've spoken about all of these things and the emotional depth of that like you say with the recent albums and I think that this is almost like the big turning point mm-hmm. for them even though it's it's still so early on in their career mm-hmm. and Definitely. it doesn't come that long after whatever people say I am Mm-hmm. but I think emotionally there's a real like vulnerability because yes. of of their trust issues basically yeah. there's a lot of songs about their career in the industry yeah mm-hmm. and what's the other one about like the girlfriend and, and paparazzi shit and stuff if you were there beware yeah, yeah. Is the so. one yeah that, that's the um, one I meant yeah I feel like it's favorite worst nightmare had some deep emotional lyrics and mm-hmm. stuff but I feel like this one is a bit more rooted in 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 reality almost and in oh. their careers mm-hmm. yeah i don't know I'm, I'm not making sense i'm trying to make sense <laughs> no i think i think i get what you mean like sort of that this is more about them yeah. individually whereas maybe the the debut could have been about just their generation of people pub, yeah. 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 yeah 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 for sure and what we've said before about big ideas on the car mm-hmm. being a landmark for how they're approaching their current like position in the industry mm-hmm. i think that brian storm is the same for this album it's yeah. like the flagship of where they were at in terms of who was around them at the time and who was taking them on the journey of like yeah the start of fame big big mm-hmm. fame so i think yeah i think it's emotionally deep and it also just sounds better it's probably just because they got better like production uh tools better recording studios microphones all that stuff but it, the sound is deeper as well mm, yeah yeah it sounds way darker yeah it does actually so some really interesting choices made only ones who know okay. has that kind of tinny mm-hmm. over layer yeah it kind of sounds a lot of them and a lot of the ad-libs in the background sound like they were left on a voicemail or something uh-huh. and that they're, they're is, yeah. just playing oh, in the background yeah I mean, yeah. I know about that as well, because I feel like there was quite a lot of songs who sort of in the last chorus combined a chorus and a verse. Like you'd have Alex singing one mm-hmm. part and then Matt doing the back vocals, like cha- like doing the, the verse over the chorus, mm-hmm. which happened like three times on yeah. the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's a lot of cool and response, but yeah. within the same song. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was quite cool. I d- yeah, I agree. I also made one note for Only Ones Who Know. Uh, it's that it's a certain romance older sad older sibling uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I kind of I was gonna ask you Merit if this was your your favorite off the album it's because, not my favorite no because I I assumed after you mentioned a certain romance last time but I think actually that old yellow bricks is kind of the a certain romance older sibling uh-huh. of this record there's that kind of sense of oh yeah everyone like who wants to sleep in a city that never wakes up uh-huh. Uh-huh. like everyone wants to go out and do big things but yeah really. but at the same time we're all blinded by nostalgia uh-huh. yeah there we go i love only ones who know though me too yeah there is no other song like that on on this record that's true it's a very it's fast the only one that's sort of record yeah yeah i mean i feel like you can feel also the speed with which they came out with this uh-huh. in the actual songs kind of manifest nice, and yeah. just how quickly they play everything yeah, yeah. And it's just like know. a compact little story as yeah. well mm-hmm. i have a really like nostalgic connection to only ones who know because i remember being 14 or 15 at, and a friend at the time being that young and I was gonna say she's going through a breakup I mean (laughs) within reason it was dramatic at the time Uh and I remember making a comment about 
uh, her listening to Only Ones Who Know or recommending her to listen to it. <laughs> and she like then, I mean, maybe she still has a profound connection to it. I don't speak to this girl anymore, but <laughs> I remember her being really grateful and actually coming back to me like the next day or whenever and saying that, you know, you really got me through with that song. And okay, yeah, it's a 14, 15 year old breakup. Like it's not, it's not the romantic be all and end all of your life. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I felt so validated that I'd been able to take a song that was like it, it meant a lot to me and I could recommend it to someone and it, it like fitted like it uh-huh. worked for mm-hmm. her and like I say if she does still have that connection to it now then that song oh, allowed me so to lovely. do it yeah. right <laughs> oh, really and so beautiful. yeah that one's is that's quite a nostalgic connection and I did also say that I would love an AI cover to be made I mean actually a realistic cover would be better <laughs> but if someone can do an AI, AI cover of Paolo Nantini singing only ones who oh. know I would be here for it. Yeah. I actually also had sort of an idea oh. for for Only Ones Who Know and I wanted a mashup with um with a song by Father John Misty Ooh. because I always kind of hear a, a guitar line or something from that song in Only Ones Who Know but oh. it's not actually oh, there but I'm always nice. like this should go yeah. in here and it would work so nicely i wish cool. i knew how to kind of do mashups like that but it's maybe your dad can help yeah does he know how to do that stuff um i'll have to ask him yeah, yeah that calling my cool. father tonight and if he also knows paulo then um, <laughs> no <laughs> i doubt Networking. it yeah. i doubt it sorry um but yeah it's it, i think it's smoochy by father john misty that would work so well with this okay. smoochy yeah smoochy <laughs> i would love to i mean father john misty if you're listening to this um you should you should do this how about kind of um the love songs because last mm. time i was yapping a lot about female representation <laughs> on on uh whatever people say i am and i feel like this album kind of has a a very different uh portrayal of relationships there's a lot of cheating going on on this album mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of running away i mean i mean i think balaclava is about um like <laughs> i thought about it come to i know that but <laughs> You know, it I, could I, be. I I think your theory is valid, but at the same it's time, it's not my theory. I'm, I don't mean to take any credit for this theory. I read it on Twitter. <laughs> stated that this is no, <laughs> no, but I I think I think Balaclava is about cheating mm-hmm. or or hooking up with someone who is in a relationship and then having yeah. to run away yeah. Yeah. when their partner comes home. Yeah. So uh, there's there's kind of that aspect of kind of putting yourself in some situations that are a little bit um like not kosher yeah questionable yeah. i think is the right word take off your wedding ring yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> also another foray into rap i would say um, <laughs> on on do the bad thing i think specifically for fluorescent adolescent has quite um mm. quite a different perspective because it's also written from a female perspective or mm-hmm. it mm. yeah it includes that. What did you guys think about it? Yeah, I think cheating. And I also think there's some abusive undertones, like <laughs> um, hands around your neck line. Uh-huh. And there's one, I can't remember how the actual but lyric. It's but it's her hands around his neck, right? Yeah. But I'd probably still adore you with your he, hands around. Yeah. He kind of liked yeah. it. So. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I, like, I, I, don't know, I did not read that as abusive. I've, yeah. It's the fist to kiss lyric there's a fist to kiss uh-huh. lyric somewhere 
if I could remember the whole thing, that would be helpful. Yeah. It's not. I'm not saying that it's um, explicit. That's in Teddy Ficker. That's it. That's in the chorus. And when did oh, your yeah. list replace the twist and turn like a fist replaced a kiss? But I feel I like felt that like that song was not a love song. No. Yeah, because that's that's isn't that sort of more about the their industry. public pers- yeah. perception and. Mm-hmm. So I yeah again I also did not read that as abuse more like a metaphor for that something that was once a struggle has mm-hmm. been replaced by something that's as nice as a kiss. Okay, nice. I do. I definitely see that. And like you say, it's about the dynamic power dynamic between mm-hmm. them and the press and yeah. like the media. And there's a lot on this album about words being taken out of your mouth or struggling to understand someone there's so much talking going on and referencing yeah to that so hands around your neck covering your eyes covering your mouth fist kisses that is fist all kisses. <laughs> it's all to do with power behind words mm. and aggression but i it's just something about like i'd probably still adore you with your hands around my neck ties um with the glorification of ultraviolence by lana del rey for me yes <laughs> which again like the people can miss the point of her song and lyricism there by by romanticizing certain images or Mm -hmm. imagery from the lyrics but there's yeah i don't know maybe abuse was too strong but power dynamics Mm -hmm. in in male female relationships Uh for sure i mean yeah it continues like the knife twists at the thought that i should fall short of the mark Mm. kind of yeah i mean maybe maybe just like a, a demanding or kind of a demand that's placed on someone by their partner but it's it's a good point i i like the i like the point about kind of the connection between um between hands mouths and like the power dynamic yeah. i didn't i didn't really notice that while while reading through the lyrics but i'm also I, hosting today not it definitely makes a difference approaching this when you read the lyrics i think that's where i've sort of like started noticing themes that i never did before mm-hmm. um yeah and i think especially with a focus on women based on our conversation last time that every time a f- woman is mentioned there's always some kind of conversation or speaking happening which again it's all about him trying to understand what people want mm-hmm. from him or like the mm-hmm. expressions like we were talking about with marty bum last time and yeah. mixed messages and that kind of thing i wonder if they see their relationship with the industry as like a lover power dynamic because oh. their attitude to women is often uh, spoken about in the same way so they maybe see maybe fan culture is kind of like the pursuit of of a woman and mm-hmm. in terms of what you want as an artist or what's demanded of you like you say mm-hmm. Mara. yeah i wonder if that just feeds into a lot of their r- depictions of romantic relationships as well that's a super interesting point do you think at the time that their their fan base was largely male or female or because mm. I'm also wondering like I feel like now right now it's I'd mixed. say it's pretty mixed with yeah. also yeah, maybe a tendency that way. yeah but a lot of people have would, actually talk about their dads and Arctic Monkeys so I wonder if the mm. earlier albums are capturing more male attention maybe. I feel like most of the Arctic Monkeys fans I know are women mm. what, what was it like at the concert literally what i was yeah. just about to say yeah mixed 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 yeah very yeah. okay okay although on the tube on the way there's heavily male like big groups of oh. males oh okay yeah but maybe that's an england fan base yeah thing. i was thinking yeah. maybe that's the difference as well yeah yeah but also i feel like because i did see a lot of women as well <laughs> outside you notice them the most but i also feel like and that i don't know if that's influenced 
by Harry Styles, so it's just more of a recent thing, but dressing up for concerts, like yeah. having a sort of theme. Of course, Arctic Monkeys, the, like the emo Tumblr girl will come out, but I felt like the, the, the girls were a lot more literally dressed for the mm-hmm. occasion than the, the men were. So That's really interesting because I think that there's a stereotype of male Arctic Monkeys fans having a kind of uniform, which is like a Stone Island jacket zipped all the way up and like a black cap, almost football fan culture uh-huh. as well. But oh. it's not it's not that they're dressing up for the concert. Like that, no, that's, that's just, just the stereotype very, of yeah. like what they actually are wearing. But like you say with women, it's like if I was gonna dress up as a female Arctic Monkeys fan, then I'd just stay in my normal clothes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but like yeah. there's there's definitely something you could feed into. Yeah. More. Yeah. I don't know. I mean if you had to choose Reeboks or Dr. Martins that <laughs> there's still you can choose either. <laughs> I feel like true. the stereotypical AM fan would say Dr. Martens, mm-hmm. but then but th- these early core, albums, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then now you have to wear like a full suit and yeah, a leather jacket, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. leather jacket on top of it. You yeah. have to go to a butch lesbian's house and steal <laughs> her entire closet. Scarf? Did he wear <laughs> a little scarf? Entire at your gig? closet. Uh, he started out maybe. with a little scarf, like he had a full suit. <laughs> I think maybe it was only suit and shirt, and he was wearing <laughs> jeans. I don't remember if it was jeans or dress pants, and he had this. Little little scarf which looked so it was hideous like i was like oh my god why are you wearing this <laughs> it's my concert and you're wearing a ridiculous little scarf but he took it outfit. off after like three songs oh, so good yeah good i think he was aiming for something italian but didn't really work <laughs> okay italian on spanish tv i might have a picture i'll <laughs> look it up later no i don't know i've brought this up before but like stealing the butch lesbian swag i've i'm sick of i'm sick of men doing it and it's you know it's quite frankly it's bothering me yeah. I was watching that movie <laughs> I'm gonna bring up Anatomy of a Fall again <laughs> but I need to see that you ha- really have to go watch it but there's uh, this lawyer in there who <laughs> when I first saw him I thought he was a butch lesbian <laughs> and I was like wow this is the hottest person I've ever seen and I was extremely sorely disappointed to see that he's a man but then I watched the movie and I was like okay you know what I think maybe he's entitled to stealing some of that sort of androgynous swag. Okay. I don't know if Alex Turner has earned that right. Do you feel the same mm-hmm. about Par- Barry Keoghan? Because everyone keeps saying that about him. Yeah, but I think he's a different, he's a different type. Okay. Oh, okay. Like the earring. Mm. Yeah, you showed me a picture of the, the, the guy in Anatomy of a Fall. I would say that's a different, yeah. <laughs> different breed. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's fine. Actually, this leads perfectly into a fun fact that I have about this album nice. that I got from Share. Wikipedia. I don't know oh. if it's true. Oh no, is it about the album title? Yes. So, have you read this, Lottie? No, oh. I actually haven't. <laughs> Wikipedia tells me that no, this, this is, album this is true. This is that true. this album originally, or that there was an idea to call this album Lesbian Wednesdays. What? Yeah, but there was also Gary Barlow was a title. Gary Barlow? Yeah. What's and Gordon doing? Brown. I don't know. There's the three options that they... Oh, Oh, sorry, that was a title recommendation. Yeah, yeah that oh. it was. <laughs> I was like, he was in on the lesbian Wednesdays. No, 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 no. They were considering album they titles, him. Um, three of which were Lesbian Wednesdays, Gordon Brown, and Gary Barlow. The GB, Great Britain. Oh, oh LW for. I mean, just imagine <laughs> this album being played on like. BBC Radio One. It's just Scott Mills being like, "Oh yeah, Arctic Monkeys have come <laughs> back with album. a new album. It's called Let's Be Wednesday." <laughs> I 
I like it. I like Lesbian Wednesdays, but I also don't really see the Mean Girls no. 2023. <laughs> 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 On Wednesdays, we are fruity. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more thing about uh, women yes. oh. that I wanted to say. There's a lot of fictional women yes. going on. Do you want to do a quiz? No, um, <laughs> Juliet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's Juliet and Dorothy. Yes. And then, uh, it's a bit of a stretch, but there's witches in If You Were There Beware. So, like, not fictional, but, you know, along I, that vein. Did you think the witches were a Shakespeare reference? Oh, I'm going to say yeah, because then they would count as fictional, so... <laughs> there we go i mean like yeah. it, it might not be too far off with mm-hmm. uh romeo and juliet being brought up and then the witches or it could be another wizard of oz reference oh shit yeah right Sorry. <laughs> it's a different song so it could be anything yeah true but yeah. interesting that those worlds are yeah. repeating throughout as well because mm-hmm. I, I mean this album is is definitely also known for for the classic movie references mm. i didn't know this but 505 starts with a sample from um an enya morricone soundtrack oh um he enya morricone did a bunch of like the spaghetti oh, the, western was it the good the bad the i i'm not sure it might be but um i just saw that and I was like, okay, that's interesting. So we, we have a lot of references to kind of classic movies with that and the old yellow bricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I guess, tying into their real versus fake mm-hmm. fiction versus, um, like, yeah, the, the whole disingenuous thing again. And especially in The Wizard of Oz, being sold the dream kind of thing, but trying to stay grounded mm-hmm. at the same time. Maybe it's a slightly heavy-handed reference <laughs> after all. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people at the time, especially, considered this album to be a little bit heavy-handed on yeah. the snark and the the like industry cynicism. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think I I kind of feel for them when when listening to this album. Definitely, yes. I'm like, yeah, you know, these people are like extremely young. They're not exactly from like a center mm-hmm. of music culture they got here through a lot of hard work and a lot of community support mm-hmm. also so it makes sense that they they are alienated by these kind of characters that you encounter yep. in the music scene yeah for sure and the expectation of performance is a mm-hmm. big thing and i like the lyric forcing performance that great lyric those two words the <laughs> forcing performance but especially the sentiment leads me to feel important it's leading me yeah. to feel important really like subtle that's that's an example of where they go subtle more subtle with the idea of like the intention directly impacting your ego and your journey to fame but he's very aware that it's leading to him to feel important it's not actually making him someone who is important mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. i was also listening to this song i feel like that a modern interpretation could be that it's about like your persona on social media mm. this house is a circus I mean, especially Berserk the same as lines fuck. as it. You know what I mean? Like, the more you open your mouth, uh, the more you're forcing performance, and all the attention That's is it. leading me to feel important. Yeah. And, and I mean, this house is a circus, and it's berserk as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's berserk AF. Look what it's done to your friends. Their memories are pretend. And the last thing they want to do, uh, they want is for the feeling to end. Amazing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. The like, more that you open your mouth, the more you're forcing performance. It's very relevant in TikTok, mm-hmm. uh-huh. especially, which just keeps spiraling into its its own crazy meta TikTok yeah. world. Yeah, and then the repetition of that, the whole we're forever unfulfilled. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Just keep on yeah. scrolling. It's so horrible. Like, once you take, like, two weeks off from TikTok, you realise how quickly, kind of, the 
the formats, the uh-huh. the trending songs and news sure, or cycles, whatever. Yes. It changes so quickly, and once you're kind of out of the loop, it's you're you're missing out on a bunch of. You just get things. very weird Ryan Gosling TikToks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think they're weird. <laughs> it was it was a picture of a pregnant Ryan Gosling oh. against a sort of congratulations uh, to the baby father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent that to you and you were like I'm worried that showed up in your for you page mm-hmm. I mean it came up mine like two weeks ago but I'm worried it's on your <laughs> I mean you know it's like I've, I've been saying this recently whenever people come up to me and go like have you seen Ryan Gosling on this and that I'm like yes yes, yes. of course of course I've seen that they're like have you seen his reaction yes <laughs> yes you don't even have to you can just say to me like what did you think about that yeah. how about how about Ryan Gosling at this event huh that was something and I'll tell you what I thought about it <laughs> to get back to this this theme of like escape because mm. um i wanted to ask you i i didn't get give you any time to prepare for this but <laughs> have you ever houdini'd your way out of a situation <laughs> that you didn't want to be in um uh, probably nothing nothing, nothing comes big. to mind uh probably when so like when i was a kid and people would be, mm. uh, like a classmate would be like oh do you want to hang out today after school i'll be like no, already have plans. Oh. That would me. I would just run off, go home, and do something okay. by myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I don't. I can't think of anything right now. Do you, have, do you not have a strategy for like getting out of a party that you're not in the mood to be at? See, or I'm never in the mood, so I don't go. I have the opposite oh. of a strategy, which oh. is that I cannot say no <laughs> to people, leave. so I'm just there until the end, even when I'm unwanted. Because yeah, no, say I. I I mean, this is not a party thing, but I used to work at Albert Hine and I worked there for like two months. I was like, I don't want this. I don't want to do this, but I'm way too scared to be like, hi, I want to quit. And mm. I had a six month contract. So it's just like, I'm just going to let that run out and mm-hmm. then whoop, leave. And then they uh, renewed my contract without telling me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I still had to go up to them wow. and be like, oh, sorry, but I don't want to work oh. here anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> So that was the failed Houdini. So we're not really Houdinis up no, in no. here. I feel like, yeah. How what does that say about story? us? No, not really. Not really. I was thinking about like, you know, like um, kind of tricking your way out of a situation. I once in middle school cheated on an exam. It's very inconsequential. Ooh, it was a mu- it was one music exam. And I had, um, I'm going to tell this story. It's fine. <laughs> um, I had, I had the... The actual it was it was not even a huge exam. It was just like we had one piece of mm-hmm. information like on a piece of paper that we needed to know and I had I just had it directly under the the test. I just gotten it out <laughs> and put it under there. And one one guy um in my class sees me and rats me out to the teacher, Aww. goes like Mara's Mara's cheating. And my teacher goes I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. And so he didn't check and oh I got God. away with it. No way. That's amazing. <laughs> it just goes to show you how much of a goody two shoes I was in middle school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my teacher did not believe this guy that I. <laughs> 
that's great that's that just really speaks good. to being like a genuine person 99% of the time because then the 1% of the time you're always gonna get away with exactly. it uh-huh. it's, the, it's the opposite of like the boy who cries wolf I'm mm. like the very opposite people just don't see me coming that's, yeah I don't think I've I don't think I have a strategy either for for leaving a place where I'm like not I would just French exit or whatever do you say French exit is Irish that exit Irish exit Irish goodbye is that something different I don't know. I don't know. As in, you just leave. Yeah. Yeah. As in, I just kind of know if we have a term. Yeah. You disappear. But I've also never had to run away from anything. I feel like there's probably times where I could have read a situation better and and done the Irish exit, but I just (laughs) persisted Mm. in my presence. Like you know, when you're with two people who are like maybe trying to just stay as two people, but you just like force yourself (laughs) into that situation. (laughs) (laughs) Like two friends, like we really want to watch a movie. Um, And you're like, 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 sounds fun. I've been (laughs) meaning to watch that for ages. (laughs) Gonna sit right in between you two and not read the room. (laughs) So again, maybe as a last question, did you? find this album more relatable than the the last album that we talked about the debut or was this also kind of more like something that you're looking at from the outside yeah it's it's interesting I think that this podcast is helping me realize that a lot of my re- relatability to Arctic Monkeys comes from their sound rather than their mm-hmm. lyrics and what they're singing about and the kind of sounds um slower rockier like faster lower whatever Mm -hmm. came when i needed them so yeah if you're in a teddy picker kind of mood then the beat is there for you more Mm -hmm. than the sentiment behind the song if you're in an only ones who know kind of mood then again like i was saying because i was listening to that quite young i don't i don't have a romantic situation that makes me really resonate even with 505 Mm -hmm. like it's great and i think that you can feel the emotion of it without relating to it Mm -hmm. but the Mm -hmm. the music and the sound of it was always there at a time that felt relatable just in terms of connection probably no i Mm -hmm. agree same yeah yeah that's a boring answer but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like later records like the car and tranquility Mm. bays will lyrically be more relatable than Mm -hmm. these are the ones okay yeah Yeah. a lot of it is about the industry and about their career Mm -hmm. very literally and about cheating and And about cheating Mm -hmm. taking off your wedding ring exactly (laughs) (laughs) that's like even like whatever way you phrase it it's not going to be relatable And, and and similar to last week me and, and going out that's that doesn't often go together I so love that you said last week <laughs> did I say that? Yeah. it was a month ago <laughs> she probably uh, also said it at some point last week yeah. as well. <laughs> of course you can interpret songs differently but when it's so heavy on the on the nightlife it's it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to to relate to yeah how about you I actually wanted to um talk about do me a favor because that song is such a good breakup song. Mm. (laughs) I think it really encompasses... I feel like the emotional depth of the album, for me, I find it really in this song. Mm -hmm. That feeling of um, kind of ending something that still really is is so deeply rooted in your your heart and in your soul and your you're saying goodbye to someone and you know that you still love them probably and you wish there was maybe a moment where they'd they'd like make it so that it's easier to leave and they just like tell you to fuck off and 
kick you and punch you and you can just be like okay yeah yeah you know if you treat me like that I'm just gonna leave because Mm -hmm. you're you're doing something bad but as it stands it's it's maybe just extremely bittersweet to say goodbye um and I thought in verse three there's this as she walked away while her shoes were untied Mm. and the eyes were Mm -hmm. all red you could see that we'd cried we'd cried we'd cried Yeah. yeah and I watched and I waited till she was inside forcing a smile and waving goodbye I I thought that was so that was intensely relatable to me. Um, Damn, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think during my last breakup, it was also like this crying together, and I think mm-hmm. there's nothing yeah. worse than uh-huh. crying with someone about you know, like a situation that you yourself are putting yourself uh-huh. into because yeah. you know like this is not going anywhere, and then you're just crying and crying, yeah. and afterwards, yeah, putting on you know. Like putting on a smile and pretending like mm-hmm. everything's going to be all right. But in reality, you're looking towards a future that seems extremely bleak and empty. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you. Genuinely <laughs> <laughs> though, because it's, it, again, it's telling a story. It's quite an obvious love story song. Mm-hmm. It And yet I hadn't, I really hadn't visited it in that way. And actually, like you say, it's, yeah, it's a peak breakup song and the sentiment behind curiosity being too heavy to hold is amazing because curiosity is such an innocent um emotion mm-hmm. like being yet it killed the cat yeah Sorry. exactly <laughs> that's essentially what he's saying he's yeah. just, he just like romanticized curiosity killing the cat yeah. as a phrase <laughs> um but i think that yeah it's a really innocent emotion and a lot of breakups actually initiate when you have a question about, you know, a situation, another person, a feeling. And the curiosity behind that question is what plants doubt that mm-hmm. in the end causes a breakup to happen or even platonically. It's always that first like seed of doubt, the curiosity behind like, do I actually know how they feel about this situation or this person or me? And yeah. yeah curiosity then becomes too heavy to hold as Mm -hmm. soon as you act on it Mm -hmm. so nice Mm -hmm. revisited that and i'm now feeling (laughs) my heartstrings being tugged (laughs) i also feel like it's definitely a story and i feel like the first two verses really like set it up as like well it was the morning was complete and then the second one just being like okay so it's the beginning of the end the car went up the hill and i love how it ends with like okay ask anyone they'll tell you that it's these times that it ends to start to break in half to start to fall apart hold on to your heart also double meaning of mourning because they they know that the the grief of it is over well it's like a full circle of a relationship they know Mm -hmm. that it's done Mm -hmm. ouch yeah (laughs) it's a really good song still not relatable but very good song (laughs) lucky you (laughs) because this shit is painful i mean yeah like to tear for you (laughs) thank you you can cry on my shoulder and i won't cry back maybe that makes it a bit more yeah that would it would be so helpful if you didn't (laughs) also start crying (laughs) no i mean you know to tear apart the ties that bind it's so yeah it's Mm. so good it's so good really love this song i'm glad to maybe this is my favorite i might be changing yeah. my answer oh, yeah okay i just i love the energy of teddy picker yeah so that's mm-hmm. why i usually say that that's my favorite of this one but then reading it yeah it's just really good and like also musically in that third verse it really mm-hmm. kind of descends into a really mellow mood which mm-hmm. yeah. yeah as mentioned there's not a lot of that on this album so it feels really kind of oh like secretive and kind of 
Yeah, do you have do you have after talking about this? So Merit's already changed her opinion on favorite song of the album. Have mm-hmm. you changed your mind on it or um you don't have a favorite song or I don't. Okay. I don't think I do. I think like I said when you wouldn't skip many of them that doesn't help to narrow it down. I no. think on some of the other mm-hmm. albums if I'm really honest with myself I know which ones I skip and therefore it's like I'm going to cut you out of my race to be the favorite. But this one <laughs> it, yeah, I don't really have that. But I yeah. do think do me a favor 505 only ones who know which are up there. Yeah, they are. But also Teddy Picker and as we were talking about earlier that's uh Sam Fender's favorite indie track or was in his top five indie tracks and he played it on the radio when i was listening once and um yeah it's it makes a lot of sense the connection between his music and teddy picker and the influence of favorite worst nightmare when he was listening to it and we both enjoy his music Mm -hmm. so that also does make sense cool yeah yeah i just love teddy picker because musically it does everything and with that i mean that it has different melodies different tempos like every verse, chorus, bridge. I mean, of course, they sound different, but I feel like every part sounds different and they change it up often. And that's what I like about it. And also I made another note and they do this more throughout the album, not just on Teddy Picker, but in the second verse that after the, do you reckon that they do it for a joke? Do you reckon that they uh, (coughs) they can take an oath Uh, that says that? And then they quote like what the oath or whatever that people say. And then him and Matt do that together. Mm. sort of in a double double vocals which really makes it sound as if it's okay that's these people talking love that yeah love that effect and they there's several instances where they do that when like the quoted parts are are it's more than just one person singing Mm -hmm. yeah and it might just be alex like several times but yeah i feel like there's a lot of layer layered layered vocals i think on the album i've noticed that too more so more so than in the in the debut Mm -hmm. coming back to the conversation thing as well yeah yeah Yeah. and that that also often um circulates with jokes in their lyrics like Mm -hmm. this one especially has like last laugh lane and uh, telling the punchline before you tell the joke yeah sentiments that i find really interesting which one just uh, that the, the, he's reflecting on jokes so like philosophically um yeah and i wonder why why like where that enters the conversations as well uh the kind of setup of a joke this kind of uh, orchestration of expectation anticipation anticipation has a habit to set, set you, you up, up. <laughs> <laughs> but also with with taking your hands off of your eyes too mm-hmm. soon uh-huh. right yeah it's also a lyric today yeah love that's that. great can we talk about Inflorescent Adolescent? Where, uh, <laughs> what is, was it a mecha dub or a betting pencil? <laughs> yes. I still don't know what that means and I don't know why he uh, says it. And a I'm mecha dubber like <laughs> is like one of those pens that you use for bingo. So it's very thick, you know, oh. it's a big pen. And then a betting pencil. <laughs> Yes, it's tiny and thin. Oh, um, Alex, you uh-huh. raunchy, yeah. naughty, naughty boy. Uh huh. What was it? Dirty you? Herbert or whatever? Dirty <laughs> Little Herbert. <laughs> uh huh. Also, wow, just wow, getting wow. Mecca Bingo in there is amazing because <laughs> Mecca Bingo is a place to be, guys. <laughs> it is. There's nice. a reason that they've called it Mecca. Like there is a pilgrimage there every <laughs> every. I think it's the last Friday of the month, or it definitely oh, used like to actually. be. Yeah, yeah, for sure there's something called 
Bati, bingo, boozy, bingo. <laughs> Depending on where you are in the UK, it's a big student event now. But yeah, you just get really oh. drunk. And the mecca dobbers or the like pens these days mm-hmm. are used to draw on everyone. So if you ever see the aftermath of a, a Bati bingo, was the ones that we used to go to. Everyone's just covered in bingo pen. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> British wow. culture, yeah, again. Wow. Okay. She that said she wasn't going, but she went. So likes her gentleman not to be gentle. What is a macadoba or a betting pencil? So all oh, the beautiful. boys are slag. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's. I'm so glad I understand that line now. That's really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to play a round of on pause and I want to start this time because I have a really random one okay um I was listening to my playlist on shuffle and it just came on um it's you have beautiful eyes by the blasting company which is off of the soundtrack to over the garden wall I don't know if you guys have seen that (laughs) 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 it's going on there is instrumental yeah it's instrumental nice um I wasn't I wasn't actively listening to it it really just came on right Uh as you guys arrived and um we went into the studio. Nice. Let's see how about you? Um, so I've got Declan McKenna's latest release, More Holland's Dinner and Wine. Really like that. Yeah. Really I'm good. really enjoying it. And as Merritt noted, it has some similarities to Tame and Parlor's music. Like a little oh. bit. I was yeah. like I was hoping that you would get it. No, <laughs> when no, I said for that. sure. I think that I was trying to put my finger on like the new sound mm-hmm. because I don't think he is entering a new sound because I think some of the other ones released on this EP, mm-hmm. EP the others on this EP don't necessarily share that no but yeah you're spot on with the Tame Impala I think influence. it's part yeah. of like how he sings it as well and the instrumentation isn't he also coming to Utrecht yeah he is it's sold out by the way so we can't go anymore my song is Sam Fender Saturday <gasps> Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's not Blanca for a change. <laughs> <laughs> for once. Woohoo! Blanca free episode. She's yes. not going in there. I mean she's now. No. No, 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 name drop a song. No, no, no. No, no, I'm not going to. Nada. Alright. Thank you very much. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, I guess we'll see you yeah. next week. We'll yeah. Houdini out of here. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you later, innovator. <laughs> <laughs>I was reading some reviews on Reddit. That's the place to be. Uh, for a 545 <laughs> and someone this is <laughs> someone posted. Um, this, this is about 505, okay? This has been my most listened to song every year for 10 years and then <laughs> in Whoa. brackets except for 2019 when it was WAP. <laughs> <laughs> and oh I just thought what? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, somebody really like changed up the mood of the year. <laughs> just like just like, oh yeah, most of the time it's just like, oh, oh my god. And then it's just get a bucket on a mop. <laughs> Sorry. 